Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven, while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A dot com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Axon Bulletin. It's four of us on a Tuesday. Um, a nice welcome return for Natasha on a Tuesday. I know you used to be on with Florence and Paul, and it went downhill when it, me and Patrick took over. So, <laughs> welcome to turn. Patrick, back on with me. Me and you is off to the Emerald Isle next week, or two weeks' time, I can't remember. And Lawrence, how are, how are tricks for you? Everything all right? Oh, mate, I've. Got plenty of water, I've got to be hydrated for the show. 
And it's just there, uh, you know. <laughs> Loving the best life. Excellent. It's always good to have plenty of water. Um, so 24 for me as well too. Um, that's why I've got that dug out. Obviously, 24 for me is still also synonymous with Celtic history and it was the day that uh, the players took to the pitch for the first time, I think, at the nationality train there. And there's that great story about the Lions sneaking out before the game to go and watch a, a game that was on before and nearly mocking had them all jumping over a, a wall or a fence type thing. Um, crazy when you think about it, just 24 hours short of a European Cup final. And then Big Billy went to his bed to, to be woken up to brand new Adidas painted boots. So, um, yeah, just shows you. Quite nice if I get a pair of them. But uh, we've got plenty to cover. We've got Cameron Carter-Vickers to talk about. We've got uh, 2013-14. I think it was me that picked this one. I, I watched to be by AC Milan the other night. I thought, yep, they're back. So Celtic back in the Champions League and Milan... I imagine we'll be having a good look at this competition, so we'll get into it. Please get in with your comments and we'll, we'll get through them. So we'll go to Cameron Carter-Vickers first. Natasha, I'll come to you on this one. News broke yesterday in the uh, Daily Record, I think it was, um, that Tottenham have set a, a deadline for the CCV deal. Um What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, excellent. I mean, we've been saying for the majority of the season is not only to get Jota signed up, but to get Cameron Carter-Vickers signed up as well. And I appreciate that nothing was going to happen before this time. Um, you know, you look through the season and there's certainly no way that... Um, Postacoglu or anyone at the club is going to want to be having the players focus or their heads turned towards contract discussions towards next season. He said plenty of times that during the season the sole focus of players like Jota and Carter Vickers was on that season and we would deal with the contract and things like that at the end. So we weren't expecting anything really to be done before then as much as the fans would like to have had the announcement. Um, we understand why it sort of got to this stage. Then obviously following the conclusion of the season there's well-deserved holidays to be had. So as much as, you know, we are desperate for, for an announcement to be made, um, patience, I think, is um, what we might need here, although in short supply when it comes to, to getting players like that signed down on deals. But it's an absolute priority for me to get Carter Vickers signed up. You only have to look at the stats of last season about how solid him and Starfelt were in defence. And the last thing you want to do is to split that great defensive partnership up. Starfelt said as well, you know, he's made it clear how much he wants Cameron to stay. Um, and I think as well for Cameron Carter-Vickers, this is a good move. Um, yes, there's talk of perhaps other clubs in England being interested, but I think if I was advising him on his career, I would have to be saying to him, yes, it's been an excellent, you know, six months or so in Scotland, but if you really want the move and the next step you're looking for, it needs to be more than that. It needs to be more than just six to eight good months in Scotland. You need a good European campaign under your belt and you need another good season to sort of back up that first season. So for us, fantastic to have him. And for him, yeah, this is a good move for him. And if, of course, he's not going to stay forever, but let's get another season from him and see where he goes from there. Yeah, there's a lot of good points in that, Patrick. When it comes to you, that Natasha's talked about there, the, the US outlet SBI Sport touched on the other teams that are interested in Everton, who just, you know, with the skin of their teeth, avoided relegation. Fulham coming up into the Premier League in Bournemouth. Um, obviously, Ryan Christie, one of our former players down there, Patrick. Um, Celtic has been a home for him. I think to look at those teams, you know, I know there was a bit of chatter in Newcastle. I know there's a project there under Eddie Howe. Um, that I think is exciting for 
for Newcastle fans certainly at this point in time but I think as Natasha said he's built a solid defensive partnership with Carol Starfield at the club you know he saw the celebrations that my fans celebrating you know the League Cup winning the, the league celebrations and you know he's on holiday with a couple of his current Celtic teammates um, and as well as that there was a wee thing in Twitter today I don't know if you've seen it um, a big block of tiles delivered to somebody and um, they're going up to Vickers house uh, wherever that is so it looks as if everything's pointing in the right direction the, the press are covering that wages have been agreed this is a big huge tick beside the Dyson Maeda deal and we're really, really you know we're not stopping are we? We're not um, you know he, he seems happy he seems as if he wants to stay <laughs> plenty of important goals for us um, you know as you say he's going on holiday with his teammates Everything's looking good at the moment. Um, all Celtic can really do is offer the money to Tottenham and Benfica, where these two guys are concerned. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can agree wages um, with agents and the club and hopefully they want to sign. Because, you know, as Postecoglou said, it's not our job to convince anyone to be at Celtic. They should want to be at Celtic. It, we shouldn't have to convince them. Um, so, yeah, hopefully looking forward to him and Starfield being a partnership next season as well. Yeah, I'm going to try and bring Lawrence in because I know he's got roadworks outside and it's a wee bit noisy, so I've had to mute him, but I'm sure he can still hear us. Um, Lawrence, it's a good good deal, this. And again, as I said, you know, Miff Maeda, um, as Natasha said, it's about being patient, but I think there's a kind of renewed hope in Celtic's transfer strategy that, you know, there is a strategy in place, and, but we're not going to do this, you know, waiting off to the last minute because we've got the Champions League money banked. It is there. We're not going to have to wait and play beat on at centre half and a qualifier and whatnot. The money's there. It's go out and give the manager what he wants. We'd hope so, wouldn't we? I mean, it seemed to work that way last year. I think Natasha was right. There was no point during, it, during the season. Can you imagine? Because he's either going to say yes or no. Can you imagine if he'd said no during the season with four games to go? Might have been a bit, bit of a downer on it. So, listen, the manager's got the money. Tottenham have put a deadline on it. The rumour is that wages have been agreed so hopefully we get over the over the line because he's certainly been solid for us made a coming in but I think that was always the case wasn't it it was an obligation to buy yeah. I suppose a lot who we bring in is going to depend on who goes out as well though isn't it you know how much wages we can free up and maybe a wee bit extra money for the manager to spend as well yeah Natasha there's a lot of guys on big wages um especially if you look at Chris Julian, you know, I don't think, along with guys like Ayeti, £5 million, Barkas, £5 million, you don't have a price tag of £5 million and come on low wages. So I think even with this deal in mind, I'm sure Ange Postacoglu is looking at getting another few guys out the door. Um, it's just how you get them out the door because you're definitely not going to recoup anything towards what we actually shelled out for these players, are we? I think that's a concern. Obviously, Vlogic and Beaton um, moving on at the end of the season that's going to free up huge wages. So he's got a bit of room to play with there as well. But one of the bigger tasks I feel this season is getting rid of some of the fringe players. There's too many fringe players who aren't going to feature in the squad a lot of the time and aren't going to enhance what we're doing that we need to start to move out the door. The issue we have with these fringe players is like you touched on, you know, they weren't cheap fringe players. You know, Barkas, Ayeti, they came with these. So not only are they going to be on the wages yet, but it'd be great to get them out the door, recoup those wages, put them into someone else. The issue is getting them out the door. Because Barkas, Ayeti, players like that, they haven't actually really been playing any football for us. So which club is going to come in and say, 
Yeah, I'm going to take a gamble on Barkas, who had one terrible spell and then didn't feature for a season and ended up fourth choice behind their youth goalkeeper. You know, I'm not going to take a Yeti, who did look good and then disappeared off the scene completely. So the the issue I think that Celtic are going to have is getting these players out the door. We're not going to recoup any money on them. So what we need to be looking at is how to get them out the door so that we can at least save on the wages that we can then use for someone else, you know, for example, to put into Cameron Carter Vickers' package that he's going to get, you know, to help fund Jota, things like that. But I don't think it's going to be an easy task moving some of these players on. No, it's not going to be an easy task at all. Um, I think Barkas even, I don't know if that was the last transfer window in the summer, remember he was going down somewhere in a train and uh, somewhere down, I think, Birmingham. I don't know if it was one of the Birmingham clubs we can down to and again, the deal collapsed, so nothing seems to be going right at all for Vassilis mm-hmm. Barkas. Um, Patty, is there anybody we can save? Obviously, we saw Ball and Goalie come in at Livingston. At Motherwell, people would say didn't really do a lot wrong in those games. Obviously, Natasha's touched on it. A Yeti scored over in Spain against Batiste. He scored against Ross County. Um, we've saw flashes from these guys. Montgomery's going to come back from Aberdeen. He's not in this category. Of course, of you know the, the, the big wages. Robertson's going to come back up the road. And obviously, Barkas in at the start of the season. We've not seen him since then. Is there any of the higher, um, you know, the, the bigger price tags that we've had, that we've got, do you think we can save? And by the way, is Marley Soros probably in that too? Who I'm sure you would keep just so you could take your money back from the bookies each week. <laughs> 100%. Oh. Uh, no, he, I don't think he's played since Betis. I think there's a few of them that haven't really played since that December period. You know, Barkath played against St. Johnson. That's the last time I can remember seeing him. Ayete, obviously done himself with an injury against Betis, Soro played against Betis. Bolingoli, we've not seen since Motherwell. Bolingoli was one that looked as if we were going to try and rehabilitate and try and get him back into the squad and then all of a sudden just totally dropped. Um, I'll be honest, I can't see any of them. I mean, I thought Julian would feature uh, after he came on in February against Wraith and it's just not happened. So well, it's called it. Mm-hmm. I, he did, to be fair, it was only a few weeks ago I realised that his time at Celtic was done because I thought he's not even in the squads now. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can get some fee for most of these guys, and hopefully, you know, Sorrow takes his rightful place back in the starting eleven. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that your bank account would really appreciate that, Lauren. You know, Patrick's touched on a few there. I know you're a big fan of Scott Robertson. Should we be looking towards guys like Robertson and Montgomery back at the team? I'm even going to include Mikey Johnson in that category. Um, looking towards them rather than trying to get any of these guys that have paid big fees for. It's not happened. Is it about looking towards that youth team and guys that we've had out loan rather than the guys that we've already had on our cusps and it's just not happened for them? I suppose that's part of Alan reputation, isn't it? It develops youth. That's part of the reason he's been brought in. You know are these guys just blockers in the squad now? Because they're not taking part, they're just taking up space. Uh, I don't know if there's a, a way back for any of them either. You, you know, the four of them on big wages, I would think it's time to cut our losses. I, th- I don't think it's really worked for any of them. Is Sorrell, would it be Scott Robertson being any worse than Sorrell, given the amount of chances okay. he's, he's yeah. got? You know, we've we'll, we'll saw other players have to, have to leave and, and go elsewhere to get a chance. Maybe this is a time to kind of recalibrate and say, well, you know, we're going to bring in some players, but we do want to bring the majority through from the youth ranks. We do want to give these boys a chance. We can't fill it up with guys on, you know, 10, 15 grand sitting on the bench or not even in the squad, as it may be. You know, there's another thing the youth players will 
be a wee bit cheaper. I'm sure Celtic will, will like that. You know, they'll save a bit of wages there as well. But we all like to see some of the, the homegrown talent making it. Robertson's been out for a year and more. He's done well. Surely, I thought he's always performed well any time he's played for the first team. So surely deserves a chance as much as as Milo Soro does. Totally agree with you on that one. Um, and again, it's even if we do send out these guys, do you see them probably getting at the first team? For me, I, I don't at this point in time. Probably good to get off the the wage bill, um, and maybe try and recoup money for them. But uh, again, it's it's just back to, you know, what does Ange want and what is he seeing? And, and Brown Warriors came in to his one of the usual choice to contribute us, so it could be guys off at the bottom, but. He believes that he will score goals if he's played in the correct way. He's a poacher who made his name from sniffing out goals in the six-yard box. He was never going to lend the line and drop off deep. Natasha, that, that's my concern for me because Ange is very, very clear about that. 4 3 3. Yeah, at times I've seen him maybe go to a kind of 4 2 4 in games when we've been needing a goal and whatnot. Fight back that Dundee game. But there's a very clear philosophy to Ange Post to call Blues football. And it's a set that I'll be negative is and either a three five two or a four four two type formation, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And we heard from um Ange Post yesterday in the Australian press, which we could we can come on to discuss that interview. But he isn't going to compromise the style, not in Scotland, not in Europe. Um so for a player like Ayeti if he doesn't fit his system, then for the sake of his own career as well, he needs to start looking at his next move. Because if he was going to fit a system that Postacoglu played, he would have featured by now. So for me, his time at Celtic is over. And for him and for the club, what we need to do is focus on where his next move is. Um, and hopefully, yeah, you know, it just happens. For some players, it works at certain clubs. And for some players, it doesn't. Um, and, you know, prime example of that is probably, probably Pookie. Um, you know, he didn't quite work it at Celtic, went on to have a, a really strong career so far. Um, and it's just about fitting the system. You know, perhaps he didn't quite fit the system Celtic were playing just in the same way that I get he isn't fitting the system right now. Um, so yeah, time for time to, for him to move on. Ange is not going to change the system, regardless of whether we're playing PSG away or Motherwell at home. So um, that'll be certainly fun to look forward to in the, the group stage this year. I've just been reminded that Ange played a 3-5-2 versus St. George at Christmas in the 3-1, but Barca's played in goals in that game. We were COVID-ridden, and I don't think they had a lot of choices. So apart from that, we've not really seen 3-5-2 executed by the gaffer. Um, that's a good tie-in, Natasha. Stan Sport interview. Patrick, we'll come to you on this. Ange is told that he's never owned a bus, even though Jose Mourinho you know, could open a garage with him. He's probably had during his days as a coach in Europe. You might even see one. Uh, on Wednesday night against Fionord and Callum McGregor said, um, you know the gaffer, we know the gaffer, he doesn't want us to take a better step against anyone um, and, and Joe Hart has made it very clear that we're going to approach every game like we do uh, in the league domestically uh, and that's to win. Um, what, what's your take in these comments? Because I know there was a lot of Celtic fans last season when, you know, Ange was maybe criticised to an extent and people saying, you know, he needs to adapt, he needs to, you know, maybe be a bit more defensive in European football and not go gung-ho but I think he's got enough trust now in the bank from all of us as Celtic fans to go and approach Champions League games as he sees best fit would you agree? Yeah, totally um, I, I liked McGregor's comment you know, I think he said it two or three times now uh, but he said it in that interview yesterday You know, they, they raise their game it makes them better players when they play in the Champions League they're playing against better teams they're having to think more you know, about this sort of higher level tactician that's managing, you know, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, 
uh, Man City, you know, they need to be on their game 100%. And it's going to be quite different because obviously you've got the World Cup in uh, Qatar. Um, so it will be like the, the lockdown season where it was six games in six weeks with international breaks, obviously, but you, it'll be really, really intense. So if it goes badly, it could really uh, dampen the mood, but if it goes well, it could really kick us on for the rest of our season. Um, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I think it's important that we, we try and improve the squad because as you've seen against Leverkusen, you know, you can have a great system, but I, I think if you don't have the players to play it, it can it can fall apart, fall apart pretty quickly. Um, so I think it's really important to strengthen the transfer window in, in less mode. Is it a six, like we did under Rodgers? Yeah. Um, Laura, to come back to you, because I've just unmuted it and it's a bit noisy, so I'll come to Natasha on this one. Um, but with the retire and maybe Brendan Rodgers again, I know it's a big claxon where Brendan's been mentioned, but we heard in Angie's interview yesterday that, that Brendan Rodgers reached out to him too, which was actually quite good to hear. Um Natasha, what's your take on this? Because obviously, you know, you'll have experienced the 5-1 hammering um, at home to PSG. We all watched the, the game over there, 7-1. Um, I, I was in the, the Alliance and we got scalped 3-0. It was 3-10 um, by Bayern Munich. Um, but, but what's your take on this? Or is it just about getting better quality into the team and trying to, you know, be able to play the way that we do domestically and hope that we get results for that in the Champions League? I mean, we do trust them, don't we? Um, does it make me nervous, the thought of going all-out attack against, you know, a PSG or Man City away from home? Of course it does. Um, I was, you know, interacting with some people on Twitter yesterday and there were some people from over in Australia who were saying, you know, when they had Ange in charge at the World Cup, that they were playing teams like Holland and Chile with what he describes as a very average squad and they were attacking these teams like they were prime Brazil. Um and, you know, but fair play to Ange. He has the confidence to go out and, and play his style of football and he's uncompromising. He isn't going to change that. He likes to play football the way he likes to play football and why should he change it just depending on the other team? I get that. You know, I do get that and I trust him because, you know, he knows a lot better than I do about football management and the style of play that we should be playing. That that aside, you you do have to adapt slightly, don't you? You know, we can't be lining up against some of the, the top teams in the Champions League like we, we do domestically at home. Um, we're not going to have the time on the ball that we have at home. We're not going to have the space to attack like we do at home. We're not going to have to overcome the other team parking the bus like we do at home. We're going to be playing a very different team who will be playing a very different sort of, you know, set-up and tactics. So... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Yeah, it makes it makes me nervous, but you know what? It's certainly going to be entertaining, isn't it? It will be entertaining. Um, Lawrence, hopefully you're back. There we go. Earphones on and everything. Lawrence, what's your take on this? Are you nervous or does it excite you? Because I think back to the, the Man City game at home. Um, Guardiola City absolutely flying at the time. He wasn't long in the door. Um, and we went absolutely toe-to-toe with him, free each throw at home. 
and it was a game that you know Pep said after the game, you know, he was really, really impressed by Celtic. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Excitement or worry? Yeah, I, I suppose it's neither. I mean, we'll keep the attacking style. We might adjust our tactics, but that, that World Cup that Natasha was mentioning, I remember that, and the studio gave a really great account of Celtic. They're brilliant to watch. Great to watch. You know, I, yeah. I'd be delighted to watch a Celtic team look like that kind of those levels. But we're watching you know, that they're... Australia games as neutrals, weren't we? You know, we're watching the World Cup, you know, it's a neutral, it's Australia against Holland or Chile or whoever, and you just want to see a nice open attacking game of football. If I'm, you know, watching that at Celtic Park and we need the result, I think I'm feeling slightly different about the situation. Well, the thing is, for the end of those games, I wasn't a neutral, I was supporting Australia <laughs> because... The style of football they were playing, you, you, you know, something you can buy any, which I think we've all done with Ange. And- Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, if you keep that attacking style, maybe as a tweak on, on the tactics, you know, maybe just a bit less open, but still attacking. We'll see. Certainly playing out for the back. I don't think that's going to change, um, which is going to get us all very nervous, I think, at Celtic Park. But hey, I've been buckled into this Sands journey from the start. Well, why not just take another uh, step of it? And, you know, Natasha, I know you've read his book like myself. He says in it that he didn't care that Louis Van Hal didn't shake his hand after the Holland game. Um, there's actually a picture of Van Hal in the book, and he said that he liked that, that he didn't shake his hand after the game. So he went absolutely totally to with Holland. Um, he didn't think that Van Hal showed him any respect, so he actually quite liked that you know Van Hal snubbed him because he knew that he'd annoyed Louis Van Hal. Yeah. So when it's going to come to guys like um, Nagelsmann, you know, Klopp's, Mourinho's, um, not Mourinho's, sorry, I'm living in the past, even Mourinho's, um, your Klopp's, your Nagelsmann's, your Guardiola's, etc. Um, he's certainly not going to be scared of any of them. No one's going to intimidate that man. He's not the sort of character or person who I think has ever been intimidated in his life. So I have no concerns about him going toe-to-toe with any of these managers or teams. Um, And he takes it as well. You know, like you touched on how nervous we are going to be seeing Cameron Carter-Vickers, Starfelt, Joe Hart playing the ball around the back with some of the world's best strikers pressing down on them. Uh, yeah, that's going to be nerve-wracking. Um, someone brought this up at one of the, the fan events, you know, towards the end of the season with Ange, where he was answering questions and things like that. And someone said to him, you know, this is talking about domestically at least, you know, when some of that happens, the guy said, you know, I'm about to have a heart attack in the crowd. He's like, no, it makes me nervous. Like, you know, does it not make you nervous? And Ange said, you know, no, um, it doesn't. He trusts the players. Um and it's what he wants them to do. It's the instruction that he's given them. So they've got to try it. Even if they want to lump the ball at the pitch, they'll get more trouble for that than they would for trying to play it out and end up losing it. 
Um, so he said, you know, he'd rather they played the style of football and it didn't quite work than abandoned their style of football. Um, and he said, and if, if it does go wrong, then he wants the abuse directed at him because it's his call. Um, it's not on the players, it's on him. So if it does go wrong, then he will shoulder the blame for that. Yeah, and, and again, you know, he spoke about his relationship with his dad on multiple occasions and he said that that was one thing that his dad always gave him a hard time about, you know, if you stop that playing out for the back nonsense, I think he says to him, and we'd have won the cup a lot easier. But that's Ange Ball. Um, we're, we're certainly all buying into it. You know, it's, it's paid dividends this season. We've got a league and a, a cup in the bag. And we'll see what it brings next year. Um, we'll tie this in. Um, you know, me mentioning Jose Mourinho to the past, because I think, Patrick, you're, you're you know, very defiant on that he is in the past, Jose. I know you're not a, a big fan of uh, Mourinho anymore. And, you know, I watched AC Milan the other night. They are, they are champions of Italy. Again, it was really, really close between them and Inter. But the Rossoneri are back. Zlatan uh, back in the Champions League. Um, we're going to talk about season 13-14. Um, 13-year-old me, right into the... was hoping was going to be my 14th birthday present. Champions League last 16. Not happen. Um, but, Patrick, we'll kind of skip some of the earlier rounds. We played Cliftonville... 3-0 we won over there, 2-0 at Celtic Park, Elfsburg, um, Chris Commons with the, the vital goal. But then we'll go to Carrigandy. Carrigandy, I remember leaving school, um, watching it on my phone. My school used to be at 5-4 to four on a Tuesday, and I think it was a 4 o'clock kickoff. So I was walking home from school watching this on my phone. By the time I got home, it was 2-0 at Carrigandy. My dad had left working, and I was like, what happened? Because the phone had frozen on the way up the road. Um, what's your memories of Carrigandy, especially the game at Celtic Park? What's your memories of it? Uh, just a last minute goal, really, isn't it? I mean, I wasn't at the game at the time. I didn't have a season ticket at the time. So I was watching it on the... Uh, I think I was probably watching it on the computer or on the telly or something. I can't really remember. But, I mean, you know, you, you always give yourself a chance, but you probably didn't fancy us. Um, well, I, I certainly didn't, you know, because you have the same situation with Liga Warsaw the next season. You need three goals and... Um, you know, you, you get one towards the end of the first half. Chris Commons with a fantastic goal. And then, you know, my favourite player, Samaras, makes it level. Yeah, that was when he was uh, doing the, the arrow celebration, remember? He'd invented against Clifton, though. Aye, I didn't get that. But, uh, aye, I think it's Lustig mishits it, or Ledley mishits it, and it goes straight to his feet. And then, obviously, you know, my favourite player, James Forrest, uh, scores the winner. Um, he's been living off that goal for nine years. <laughs> uh, not a one. Ah, oh, I'm only kidding. Man. I'm going to cut another big James Forrest. <laughs> no, no, there's another big moment for Forrest in a oh, Champions League campaign. So don't start there. See, that's why I picked it. I um, prefer Ivan Kyle's goal in that game. Yeah, I'm sure you do, Lawrence. Uh, again, you know, Patrick's already touched it. I was going to come to you. I know you, you like Jamesy, like myself. It's another big goal from him, made by a certain Anthony Stokes. Where is he went? Um, but looking back to that Celtic team. You know, that there was chat when I was looking through it. Gary Hooper, I think, just left for Norwich at that time. Um, Vig Virgil was in it at centre-half. Foster, uh, still still here. Um, it was not a bad Celtic team, you know, to play qualifiers with. But when we get into the group stages, it's when it started to show. But what was your memories of that 3-0 game against Carragandy? Shades of Cologne, wasn't it? You know, it was shades of uh, being 2-0 down at Cologne and coming back and doing it. So, yeah, it was just utter relief at the end. You know, you thought the draw had been kind to us until you beat 2-0 in the first leg and then, you know, it's a bit of a mountain of decline. Uh, but, you know, 
Forrest pulls out of the bag as he's done on many occasions and, and puts us into the group stages. Sure does. Natasha, again, I imagine you were there that night too. Um, yeah. I think there's actually a video of me on Facebook, 13-year-old up in the chair at the end of the game, <laughs> singing about the Champions League. So, yeah, um, Patrick, uh. you have a look later, you'll probably find it. It was another really good night. And, again, the celebrations at the end were tremendous. Remember, they all pile down. Lenny, you know, breaks a sweat for about the first time in about 10 years, even as a player. I don't think he ever ran that fast to get into the, the pile on. Um, brilliant, brilliant night. And I get a it great was. goal at the end to seal yeah. the deal. It was, oh, it was just great, wasn't it? It's one of those nights that you look back on. If people ask you, you know, for some of the top European nights at Parkhead, there there really isn't a way that that one doesn't feature. Um, the the nature of the win, the importance of the win, what it achieved, um, everything about it, the atmosphere, I think it does just go down as one of the really, really good European nights at Celtic Park. And we've had plenty of them, but that is definitely up there with one of them. And, you know, the three players that contributed in terms of goals in that game, you know, Commons, Samaras, Forrest, they went on to be pretty important in this, you know, that season, that campaign. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I remember about that game, Emma, I was reminded when I looked back, was that it was near Beaton's first time at Celtic Park, apparently. He hadn't signed quite yet. Um, he wasn't you know, obviously part of the squad. He wasn't officially a Celtic player, but he was in the stand that night um, watching, considering a potential move to Celtic, I believe. Um, so if you're trying to convince a player to, to join a club like Celtic, then, I mean, that was pretty much perfect, wasn't it? You know, the, the atmosphere, you want to play in front of that, and then what that result achieved in terms of Champions League football. So I think that result, not only did it get us where it did, it probably sealed the deal on, on near Beaton coming to Celtic and we've we've seen what happened from there on in. Mm. Um he was a to an eventful night against Ajax that campaign which we'll get on to as well. Not like him to have an eventful night in Europe for Celtic. But uh, <laughs> yep. Got through three 0 I think, you know, a, a game like that I think would actually be a, a kind of perfect thing for an Ange Postacoglu team, you know, overcoming it three two in aggregate, absolute pandemonium chaos at the end. Um, you know, we 105 minute winners in Dingwall or whatever it is now um, that we've got to um, part of the group stage then kicked off um, we got drawn against AC Milan Barcelona and Ajax um, it, you know Barcelona just seems to be the, the hot ball and Celtic the cold ball when it comes to Champions League groups uh, we got drawn against Milan I thought we played quite well in the San Siro that night you know but we moved the ball about well but as per usual, it was the two sucker punches at the end, 82nd minute and 85 goals. But it was interesting looking back. Georgie Samaras said, you know, we don't come here with fear. We don't have that mentality. Again, there's a link between Samaras and Ange Postacoglu, South Melbourne, where Ange, you know, played football, won cups with. It was Georgie Samaras's grandfather that founded them. Um, that's going to be a mentality in this Celtic team, isn't it? Not fearing opposition and going to arenas like whether it's the San Siro, the Bernabeu, the Camp Nou, and having a go and trying. And in that night, I thought we were very, very unlucky. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching the draw at the age of 12 my, with my, with my neighbour thinking, geez, oh, we've got the group of death here, don't we? Uh, you, you maybe fancied yourself against Ajax to try and get third place, but obviously that didn't that didn't uh, happen. But yeah, Sam Rass is spot on. We shouldn't fear anyone, and I think you're right, Andrew, go in with that mentality. And... Um, you're spot on as well about that night. I mean, when it's now now in the 80th minute, you definitely think to yourself, you can get something here. And I remember, I think we had one or two good chances. I think Samaras and Commons had some pretty decent chances in that game. 
Um, you know, a lot of the games we had one or two decent chances uh, at scoring, and I think we're pretty unlucky um, overall in that campaign. But you know, it doesn't go the way that we wanted it to. But you know, this season, hopefully, we get a slightly more favourable draw. Um, you know, I think it's it's a weaker Barcelona team if we manage to get Barcelona. Again. Four, four. It's not going to be an easier draw. Don't worry about that. No, I don't know. Maybe if we get Frankfurt, uh, I'd like a wee trip to Frankfurt. But uh, no, you know, you've just got to you've just got to look forward to these nights. And you know, as Natasha says, you know, Caragandi was a special night. We've had a lot of special nights, even when the group stage hasn't been that favourable. I mean, two seasons ago was a disaster. And we still managed to beat the eventual champions. Of, France, you know, it's a shame there was no one in the ground that night, really, because Turnbull and Sorrow made their, made their mark that night. But yeah, um, I think we're unlucky that season, and I think we're unlucky that night in the San Siro, you know, as a Giri, and I think it's Montari scored the other one. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can create more memories. This yeah, hopefully we can create more memories. Lawrence, I think, you know, 82nd minute and 85 minute. Um, Natasha, I know you're a European traveller like me going to watch Celtic and you know, we both know Paul Byers who goes everywhere to like ourselves, especially Paul, you know, hiding in toilets and whatever this season to go to watch Celtic. And he me and I'm always talk about that there's a thing and Lawrence, I don't know if you get this Celtic's almost got this identity of getting that sucker punch in Europe. Sometimes you sit there whether it's at Celtic Park or you're at the game away from home or you're watching it on TV and you just know it's gonna come. And that night, you just knew it was going to come. And even in Lazio, you know, that night at the Olympico before in Cham scored, I thought this is going to happen again. It's going to be the sucker punch and we're going to get beat here. How do we get away from that? How do we get away from it? Because it just seems to be built into this Celtic mentality that the sucker punch is going to come against us in Europe. It doesn't always mean Caragandi didn't come. Caragandi might argue they get the sucker punch late on. You know, we've had late goals that have got as winners. I suppose it's just... Um, Glass half full, glass half empty, isn't it? You know how you look upon it. I don't think we we, we always fall for the sucker punch, but you know occasions we've lost like goals. But and that was a great Milan team. Uh, on the face of it, two 0 away, you're going well. It's, it's certainly not as uh, as t- bad a result as we've had in Europe that season or a, a few seasons. Uh, so I think with Ange. It, He's never going to play to keep it tight, is he? And go right, you know. There's ten minutes to go. Just, just get everybody back. As he said, he he doesn't own a bus. I don't think he likes buses, um, <laughs> you know. But uh, so I, I think it's just going to play with his time, play with a bit of confidence, play without fear. You know, as much as we've said passing about the back gives us heart attacks, actually used the word trust. You know, we need to trust Ange. So I think it's the more often Celtic defenders do that and and do it well, the more the fans will start to trust them. And, and maybe that will come onto the park, you know, there won't be that nervousness in the ground and it might, this might actually do better once that goes. Yeah, and again, Natasha, both you and I were at the post-match after we would win the league, um, the game against Mullerwell, the 6-0 game, and he really emphasised the point that, you know, the group of players now, after overcoming 38 games in the league, getting the title in the bag, you know, it's about them stepping up now as leaders because they've now overcame that challenge that they all faced when they went in there as new recruits to Celtic Football Club, not knowing too much about the club, but they're all champions of Scotland now. Um, and he said in that Stan Sport interview, you know, we can build in this year, the current group of players will improve and that's my job as a manager. That To me, that's really, really exciting just to you because it's a, a group of players that are really, really likeable 
And, you know, they've all bought into Angie's style. I don't think there's maybe, you know, sometimes you can have a team where there's maybe one or two that you pick out and go, I'm not too sure about them. But um, it's really exciting this. And, you know, having overcome this season, I think you've all seen improvement in a lot of players. You know, I think we've saw Callum McGregor improve this season. He's going to probably take another step forward. He's a very little Champions League football um, for Celtic in his career so far. So what's your thoughts on that? Just players stepping up another exciting. level under Ange? Yeah. yeah, it's very exciting. Um, what he's been able to achieve in the short time he's been here with the squad is absolutely tremendous and more than any of us expected. This has been well documented. You know, you've got to remember that some of the players have only been here since January. So what he's achieved with those players and domestically since January is incredible. Now he's going to have that under his belt. The players are going to have the confidence of being champions of Scotland under their belt. A nice rest and then back to a good pre-season where we don't need to worry about playing qualifiers and far-flung destinations in July. So he's got this nice length of pre-season to get them back in, build on it, make them fitter, better, stronger as he touched on, and we go again domestically. It's really a perfect position for him to be in going into to the group stages. So it's exciting to see what he can do. I think he's going to keep a lot of the squad together. You know, it's not like, you know, we're going through what we did last season where there's going to be a lot of players leaving. You're going to lose a core of the team. None of that really applies. The core squad, vast majority of the squad are all going to stay together. And they're going to work over the pre-season and they're going to be better. So I, I'm very excited for what's to come next season. And just... Um, Pulling back on one of the points, um, we're talking about the AC Milan game, just tie it back into that, those last two sucker punch goals, 83-86, something like that. Um, just to use a stat that our Alan Morrison, Celtic by numbers, put on Twitter yesterday, is that domestically Celtic only conceded two goals after the 70th minute in any game, um, and that was by far the, the best in, in the league. So two goals across the course of the season – from the 70th minute onwards, suggests a fantastic mentality. Um, so perhaps, I know Europe's a different ball game, but that's encouraging for, for going into that campaign and the, the fear of losing late goals like we did that season. Yeah, and Pat, I think that even ties in with a lot of Celtic fans have you know said that we play good football in the first half and it doesn't translate into the second half. But maybe what the point that Natasha's making there is we're seeing games out and that's very, very important in European football. And Ryan Kelly's come into in the comments um, sorry to cover you guys again we need to try and stay in the games a bit longer in Europe to believe we can get more Lazio-esque results it seems to be either a sucker punch or uh, try when it's too late in previous seasons but would you agree with that and even I'm going to go into the next game here you know the, the home game against Barcelona Scott Brown gets sent off after 59 minutes and games like that too it's about the big players you know keeping grounded and you know I, I don't think Callum McGregor you know I know he gets sent off at Ibrox and that Covid season disaster. I don't think you would see him doing something as daft as that, would you? It's about just everybody building into performance, keeping grounded, and trying to think. But Ryan's in there to keep yourself in the game, and you know, with Natasha's point there is just seeing it out towards the end of it. Yeah, to be fair to Brune, I didn't think that was a sending off. I thought Neymar totally uh, played the rest there. However, yeah, uh, I agree, but, he got, uh, but I think it's a free match, free match ban he got for that. It was uh, stupid. It, yeah, it was stupid. Aye. Um, I don't think we've got any players like that in the squad. I don't think Callum's the type to, to do anything like that. I don't think there's anyone in the squad. You know, you could say it, you could say it about Beaton. You know, he, he does it every six months, but he obviously won't be here. Um, if we move Sorrow on, that'll be another one. 
who likes a booking away. Um, I don't know, I can't see it unless we sign a player who's a bit temperamental. But um, no, I, I you're totally correct. We need to stay in the game. You know, I think Bodo was a bit difficult because we conceded after something like 12 minutes. You go into half time one nothing down, you still get a bit of belief. And then I think we conceded after 10 minutes again. All of a sudden, you're doing nothing down. Well, Natasha was in minus 25 degree temperatures. <laughs> you know, oh, it could yeah. have been what I was saying. You could have been standing in that stand with hail coming in sideways and minus 20 or whatever it was. So it could have been worse. Think you're still lucky. I know, I know. Yeah. Even when Maeda scores, I think we've got about 20 minutes left. And there's, I mean, I can only tell you my personal experience. I didn't feel there was a lot of belief in the ground. Um, you know, I think no, they were a better either. team than us, right enough. But you know, it's just. I think. I think you're right. I think it's about staying in the game. If you can get to, I mean, if you're playing these top teams and you can get to half time and we're drawing, I think that's a that's a good result in itself. Um, keep eleven men in the park. Play your football. You know, Leverkusen's a one off. You you played your football and you still get beat four nothing. I don't think that was a four nothing game at all. But um, I, you're you're hundred percent correct. Uh, just keep keep the head, keep the heat, as they say, and uh, try and stay in the game. Yep, a late goal uh, again. That game at Celtic Park, Fabregas, seventy-five minutes. Another disappointing one, you know. We're two games in, zero points. But then, Lawrence turning point, Ajax, Celtic Park. Um, what me and my dad used to do was we used to go into town before the game and we'd get something to eat. So in this particular case, we're in Maxwell Corners. The pub that Patrick gets lost in, even when he's not drunk. I think it's very <laughs> easy to get lost in there. Not too. I know Maxwell Corners like the back of my hand. Yeah, well, you're in it often enough recently, so I'm sure you do. And I remember just this big pile, Ajax fans walking down towards George Square, obviously getting walked up to the ground. Um, I thought on that particular night, Fraser Foster was immense. And to tie back to our current team, how big is Joe Hart's performance is going to have to be in this Champions League campaign for us to get results? Because any team have really picked up good results in Champions League football recently. Um, It's been down to, you know, even add in Craig Gordon to that if you think about that save at home to Barcelona it's a cracking save and at times he did his bit for us under Brendan in the Champions League how important is it that the goalie's in top form for us in these six games yeah listen at this level you need a decent keeper see big Fraser's available in a free who knows could he come in as backup if you he's sent the Spurs he's in the already it looks as if it's all done Fabrizio Manos gave us a here we go oh, Fabrizio it's... says it That's Fabrizio it. said that it's gospel I don't make the yeah. rules. Listen, you need to keep it beyond forming. And these, uh, I don't believe Ajax lost any of their strips in this particular visit to Celtic Park, unlike previous visits. But, you know, Joe Hart's he's just been different class, hasn't he? And I think it's probably one of the areas we're going to have to strengthen him. When you look at what's there, I think Duhan, Hazard could move on as well as Barkas. Young Toby's People have got great hopes for him, don't think he's ready for this level. So, and I think Bain's just too far away in, in terms of ability and hearts. It's too, it's too big a drop. So, we might look to, to, to strengthen, maybe bring in someone better than Joe Hart. Who knows? Yeah, it was interesting hearing Paul yesterday saying that the Seagrist um, actually played under Martin O'Neill at Aston Villa. I, I never knew that. Um, but the way he was kind of uh, staring down Celtic fans in the shed at the last league game up there, I don't think I would fancy him. He was trying to do his best John Lundstrom impression, but it wasn't really happening for him. Um, the, the game at home against Ajax, Natasha, it's, you know, Beaton gets sent off, Patrick's favourite. Um, Forrest penalty, 
don't think I can't remember him really taking a lot of penalties after that game. I don't know why he was on pens that night. And then the Kyle deflected goal, and it's a late Ajax goal in the 90th minute. Yeah. But it was a good result, and it's important. I think maybe when you're looking at that, the, the group that whatever we get, Ajax was the, the team in the group that we thought were gettable. And even getting into this, you know, season's competition, Ferenc Varos, we proved we could beat a team home and away. If you maybe look at that team that's between you, third and fourth place, you know, pot three team, it's really important to beat them. It's at home particularly, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that result against Ajax turned out to be our only three points of the campaign, um, which we finished with. But so... You, you need to be looking at that third pot team. Um, I've had a look at the pots, how they're shaping up so far, obviously, with ourselves in pot four. I mean, there's some tough, tough draws in there. You know, you're going through the pot thinking, right, I don't want any of them. And then you're at the end of the list, so you're going to take well, you're going to have to take one of them. Um, but I think we need to we need to really get a good draw from pot three because there's some unbelievable teams still in that pot three. But if we want to be looking at progressing in Europe, um, be that the, the Europa League or, or otherwise, you never know. Um, we need that pot three team in our sights and we need to be looking at beating them, not just home, but away as well, which is a huge ask given some of the teams that are in pot three I'm aware of. But Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You also need to be thinking, okay, at Celtic Park, under Ange Postacoglu, why are we not looking at taking points off teams in pot one and two? And obviously this is very dependent on who those teams are. Um, and regardless of who they are, I suppose that's a very big ask. But there's no reason under Postacoglu, and I certainly think Postacoglu would agree, that we shouldn't be looking to test ourselves well against these teams, not just test ourselves and hold our own and things like that. But why not get a result, get some points on the board from these teams as well? We've done it in the past, you know, it wasn't too too long ago that, you know, we had Man City at Celtic Park holding to a draw, picking up a point there. There's no reason that on our day and playing the football that we're playing under Ange that, that we shouldn't be looking at doing that again, but the pot three team is going to be the big one. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think those Ferenc Faro's results home and away prove that we can get that result in Europe. And again, I think Patrick, me and you discussed this before. <laughs> it's about us trying to build something in Europe. I think the Europa League, you know, dropping out the Champions League, getting those riches is important first. 
Tino to invest into the squad and then looking to try and make inroads in the Europa League, which has been proved it can be done um, and getting that run. But, you know, to touch on Natasha's point there, we've got teams in Port 1 like Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, PSG, one track Frankfurt, I think AC Milan will be in there now, obviously Man City, Port 2, um, Barcelona's in there, Juve, Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, um, Chelsea, Liverpool, in Port 3, I think that will contain Spurs, Borussia Dortmund, uh, Salzburg, Shakhtar, Donetsk, Napoli, Sporting Lisbon, Bayer Leverkusen, and then there we are in Port 4. So, there's, listen, there's plenty there to, um, you know, make you excited, um, dining at the top table in Europe. And again, just to touch on this, I, I noticed this on Twitter the other day from Maravchik67 on Twitter, who had said that if Copenhagen qualify then we'll be above them in the 10-year rankings only on the basis of the bonus points we get for our win in Lisbon in 1967. So this is, you know, with the new system and that. So that is worth an extra 1.1 million euros to us. So the Lions, 55 years after winning the European Cup, are still contributing something to, to Celtic. But it's important, you know, tomorrow's the 55th anniversary of the Lisbon Lions. I hope you all have a great day. Uh, I know there's something planned for them. Um... You know, it's really important that Celtic do make their mark in Europe because our history is built on that at, at side that, you know, we're going to celebrate 55 years on from tomorrow. And it's important that Celtic make that mark in European competition once again. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, on the, see, I think Liverpool and Ajax can switch places if Liverpool win the Champions League. I think they're going to Port 1 because Real Madrid are in Port 1 anyway because they won the league. Right. Um, but no, there's teams in Port 2 and 3 that I'd, I'd more than fancy at Celtic Park, you know. I think you said Sevilla were in the port too. Um, I'm not going to say I fancy us beating Chelsea, but Chelsea, are, you know, they're, they're not at their best at the moment. Um, you know, there's, there's teams in port three, uh, you know, I think Sporting Lisbon are in there. You know, there's other teams that, you know, I think Inter Milan, are, Inter Milan in port two or three. I know. think they'll be in port two. They finished second aye, in Serie um, So, yeah. Aye. So, I think we're, we're more than capable of picking up a couple of points at home next season. I think we'll, we'll be able to keep a bit of respect if we get a favourable draw and um, just going back to that Forrest penalty I think he took it because he won the penalty he he done the same in the League Cup final the following season and missed it so uh, I think that was probably his last penalty he took for Celtic well remembered I was at that League Cup final did he not score in that League Cup final though? he did but he missed the penalty so another big goal for for James Forrest and a Celtic (laughs) Um, then we go over um, to, to Amsterdam Lawrence I think the football for that game was basically to a back seat because if you remember, you know the treatment of Celtic fans by the police over there, uh, we conceded that a goal in fifty-one minutes. But you know, but back to the point I was asking Natasha. Uh, to me, it's about getting that team that were maybe in port three, um, who could be you know Salzburg, Sporting Lisbon, Leverkusen, Napoli, and it's about trying to beat them at Celtic Park and not lose away from home, and then try and get into the Europa League. But would you agree that it's about getting the finances this season to build a team that is fit and proper for European football, having a good go in the Champions League, but ultimately trying to aim to get to that Europa League later stages uh, after Christmas, because I think for a lot of us, the priority is not just to get European football after Christmas, it's to progress in European football after uh, Christmas. What do you think, Lawrence? He's comfort. I think he'll be saying, uh, listen, get out and do as well as you can. You know, whether that's... uh, First, second, or third, I don't think he's going to set a target up. Listen, he's got to be third. I think he's going to get get him believing in themselves. Natasha's touched on it at Celtic Park. 
we should be looking at one of the games at Celtic Park. You know, maybe we don't win all three, maybe we win two and pick up something on the road. That nine points could be enough to, to progress. Yeah, I think over an Ajax, the only thing was that a, a lamp post that came to our rescue? Might have been. Ajax, is that the right year? I, I can't mind. I know we played them after under Roni, and it was a bit of trouble. But I mean, this is this is the one I remember. Remember, it was like three the three the Amsterdam four or whatever it was the campaign, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. even I think there was a kind of coming together of football fans that they'd even thought that the police had overreacted. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Celtic yeah, fans, I'm, but they, I'm sure that, that was when the the lamp post stepped in. There you go. Um, yeah. Lamp post buses, we're talking about everything today. Um the, the next game in the, the group stage, Natasha, it ended all hope for Europe. They get gubbed 3 0 at Celtic Park by AC Milan. They hadn't had a great start in Serie A, AC Milan. Um Kaka, Zapata, Balotelli with the goals. Th- th- this game was possibly the reality check I think we all feared at Celtic Park. It was the joint worst result at Celtic Park, I think, since nineteen ninety. Five or so when PSG came and Lawrence, who's the other team that we've taken a, a doing off in the nineties at Celtic Park? Dortmund, maybe. Dortmund. Some do tell us in the comments. Um, yeah, Dortmund beats home and away after we beat right. Cologne. Two 0 beat Cologne. Big chap is that scored three or something. Yeah. Would you can I agree with that, Natasha? That that maybe became the reality check game, and then I think from then onwards. Uh, when we've got to that stage that there's been those nights when we've sat there with our arms crossed and thought, oh, please, can he end? Yeah. Especially thinking about that PSG game. It was, a, it was a, a night of, you know, frustrating defensive mistakes as well. I mean, obviously, Milan were just too good for us. Um, they're very, very clinical. But I remember, you know, the, the first goal, um, you know, Van Dijk hadn't had a long career at Celtic at this point um, and looked terrible for their first goal you know lack of concentration Kaka's away from him and he's got an unchallenged header from six yards um, and I do remember the defence and particularly Van Dyke getting a very very hard time after that game um, who is this guy we've signed not going to look good enough for Celtic obviously that went on to, to change rapidly but um, yeah I do remember having looked back at the goals defensively we, we looked all over the place Um you know, that, that Montalivo one when he just absolutely murders not only Van Dyke but Effie Ambrose, which is perhaps slightly mm. less surprising. Um, but yeah, we were absolutely outdone by better players there. Um, and, you know, you, you look back at the lineup now and seeing, you know, the, the centre of defence being Effie Ambrose and Virgil Van Dyke, those are two players who has very different careers, both at Celtic and otherwise. Mm. But um, yeah, not. Not a night to remember that one. No, Effie Ambrose recently relegated with Dunfermline to Scottish League One and Virgil van Dijk playing in the Champions League final this Saturday against Real Madrid. Very contrasting <laughs> careers, Natasha. But listen, if big Virgil fancies selling the jerseys and we get drawn against Liverpool, either at Anfield or Celtic at Celtic Park, we're more than happily um, <laughs> and take that because nothing would delight me more to see Jurgen Klopp absolutely raging because Ange Postecoglou has beat him. Um, Patrick, you know there's no love loss for me when old Jurgen. Um, but then it was over to, to the new camp and we got absolutely hammered. 6 1. Listen, it didn't matter to us. The, the team was still fairly strong on the night. Scott Brown returned um, after you know he'd been sent off in the, the group stages. He returned for that evening. But it was the joint record European defeat for Celtic. 
I'm talking about reality checks at Celtic Park. This was a, a major reality check, and a certain Neymar bagged a hat against us. Uh, Piquet, Pedro, and Taylor also chipped in with our goals. But your big mate, George Samaras, got another goal in the new camp. Um, but what was your thoughts on that night? There's probably not much you can say about it, but you know, it's been a result that's led into 7 1 in the new camp, 7 1 in Paris, 5 0 against PSG. Um, there's been a few nights not to remember, hasn't there? Yeah, I think PK scored that night as well. I can't really remember. I think PK um, scored, yeah. I think it was uh, many goals. <laughs> he's a big Shakira fan, you see, Natasha says, so he remembers that. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I, I think I chucked it at three nothing, and then I, I had my dinner and I went back and it was like six nothing or six one or something. I, it was a terrible night, but um, funnily enough, the, the exact same night, one year later, against Dinamo Zagreb, we also conceded a hat trick to a D- Dinamo Zagreb player. So we conceded a hat trick in Europe um, on the same night, a year apart. Um, I always remember that. But aye, terrible, awful night, um, and yeah, massive reality check. And as you say. The two seasons we had in the Champions League under Rodgers, you know, a couple of years later it happened again with PSG in particular. And um, I think it was 7 nothing at the new Camp as well, uh, three days after we beat Rangers 5-1 in 2016. So there's been a few reality checks. So when it comes to keeping the score down, I'm hoping that's what we can do um, do this season, this, this coming season. And to, to go back to that 3-2 game uh, with Netherlands-Australia, I'd, I'd be happy with that. You know, if we... I don't think we can be disappointed to lose against these bigger teams, but if we compete and we put on a show and we, we keep a bit of self-respect, I wouldn't be too disappointed. And if we end up losing three two to Liverpool at Celtic Park, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a bad result at all. If we keep a bit of self-respect, I'd be more than happy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I'll try and dig out the the Van Hal quote and I'll stick it up on Twitter later because I, I I laughed when I read it because I thought the big man here is not taking any prisoners. He's not giving you know two flying hoots whoever it is. He's he was actually he was delighted that you know he had peed off Louis Van Hal, which I thought was quite you know tip your head, a hat to Angie that one. But yeah, I totally agree with you. It's about you know keeping it within. And again, you know if you look back at probably Gladbach or Anderlecht. Two teams who we fought were absolutely beatable at Celtic Park. Really unlucky over in Germany against Gladbach. We obviously get that tremendous result against Anderlecht um, in Belgium. But yeah, the two of them rocked up at Celtic Park and, and beat us. Gladbach were, pff, just looked a completely different side to us that night. So it's even, you know, we can take the, the seven nils to, to those games and even see, even though the scoreline's completely different, we were outclassed, you know, in both, uh, you know, the contrast of those. So, yeah, I think it's about looking at those games in particular and saying how do we, you know, get past them and not be. Um, and again, Patrick, sorry, that was my fault. It was seven 0 in the new camp, and we said and barely missed the the penalty. I like to think that he scored the penalty, but he never. And uh, again, back to what we spoke to at, at the beginning, um, Lawrence. There's potential that the big man could be moving on here, which could be a bit more riches for Celtic. I think it was 11 goals or so he bagged in the last 13 games for Leon, um, and supposedly Manchester United uh, is interested in him. And if Tenag takes him, it's more money for Celtic. That would be okay, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. I'm not too sure. You know, United are not Champions League. I don't know. I think maybe Moose is looking for a Champions League team, but then again, maybe United might throw him enough money. No more money to throw at him. There it is for us. So, so happy days. His Twitter's always worth following. I must admit. He's always got something decent to say there. So, yeah. 
hopefully get us a bit more cash in. I, I think, you know, rumours Tierney might move as well. So I, I think Law might have, with his negotiations, might have left a few presents lying around about like that. Yeah, no, we've already had, a, had a Ryan Christie bonus money as well, haven't we? Yep. Um, you wouldn't need to buy Mark Walwell any Christmas presents or birthday presents this year. You can just see there's some money left from, from those buy ons. Mm-hmm. Son, uh, pick that up. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, super to Peter Lowell for making sure that those those uh, add ons were onto the players because it, it comes back to help us and it will help us. And it's all building into a nice wee pot of money that we've got just now that we can use to, you know, it makes us a lot more flexible in the market and hopefully makes transfers a lot quicker. Um, to close, Natasha, I thought the, the Aidan McGeady interview was really, really interesting. I just wanted to pick up on this. Um, he, he says in it that he, he snubbed Ronnie Dyla. I thought that was interesting and he said he really regretted the decision not coming back. But the, the biggest takeaway from it um, is a problem that we, we're still facing, you know, Scottish society as a whole just now, and that is anti-Irish racism. And I thought, you know, really well done, Aidan, for, for speaking out about it um, in that interview. Yeah, Aidan always speaks well, um, he interviews well and I think he comes across well and he is one who regularly sticks his head up and talks about um, the anti-Irish racism which a lot of people don't so fair play as always to him for continuing to do that um, The reaction is very telling, um, it's very split there's obviously a lot of people who fully support him and recognise the problem and want to call it out and want to eradicate it because obviously that's exactly what we must do um, but unfortunately there's, there's still that lingering reaction which exists which is to call him down to say it's not true to say that there's other reasons he was booed to say he's trying to make himself a victim and and that's frustrating um and you know when he agreed to do that interview when he said the things he said he 100 percent knew he was going to get part of the reaction which makes you know all the more you know credit to him for continuing to do it but the more that people like him talk out about it, the more that we do call it out the less those comments will see and the more the more support I think I think it takes time. It's not a problem that unfortunately is fixed overnight given some of the deep cultural issues that exist in Scotland. Um, but hopefully the, the, it does happen. Um, and again, just credit to Aidan for, for calling it out. He didn't have the easiest time throughout his career at Celtic. I thought he was you know, brilliant for us despite all of all of the issues he faced um, because of some choices that he made when he was 14, um, which is just mind-blowing, really in terms of his career itself, maybe didn't make some of the, the best choices with his move to Russia, snubbing Dyla, things like that. But hey, hindsight, isn't it? Um I'm sure he's you know, he's done well for himself. He's done See, well. On his, interview, on his interview, I mean the interesting thing is that you know, the figures that the police haven't lost, you know, the overwhelming amount of kind of sectarian or anti Irish racism is, you know, against Catholics. Yeah. But apparently that doesn't exist in football. Just don't exist in a wider society. You know, when Aidan asked the interviewer the question, is any idea why? The interviewer can't even answer him. You know, whether he didn't know or was afraid to say, who knows? Patrick, what, what was your biggest takeaway for it? Because I think you know, that's a really good point by Lawrence. You know, he kind of. It's not a rhetorical question. He's putting back to Kenny McIntyre when he's asking him, you know, why do you think you get booed? I think everybody knows the reason why Aidan McGee did get booed around those stadiums. He made his choice. Um, he had a decent international career for the Republic of Ireland, but you know, again, you know, I think Natasha had a lot of good points there. You know, well done to him. He always does come out really well. I think when he speaks in the press, um, and you know, well done to him for coming out and speaking out about this. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know if Kenny McIntyre thinks because he works for the BBC and has to be impartial, he didn't answer the question. But I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, it was pretty obvious what Aiden was getting at, but it's pretty obvious that it's true as well. You know, he uses a really good example of Scott Arfield. Um, I'm sure most of us would disagree, but you know, if Scott Arfield was a Scotland international, I'm sure quite a lot of people would have wanted him in the Scotland squad in say 2019 or something when he first came to Rangers. Um, he doesn't get abuse at every way ground he goes to. Uh, for playing for Canada, you know, you don't get anti-Canadian abuse in Scotland, uh, not to my knowledge anyway, it's, and then he, he, he links James McCarthy to it as well, you know, he's he's suffered the same abuse, probably not to Aiden's level, but he suffered the same sort of chance and stuff, um, and you know, it is a problem, it's a problem in football, as Lawrence says, it's a problem in society, and, you know, maybe Kenny, because of who he works for, didn't feel he could be able to say it, but you know, I think it's not called out enough in the mainstream media, and whereas it definitely should be, because it's a problem for you know everyone, even guys like Aiden who are definitely you know millionaires. It's it's a problem everyone faces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks to everybody for joining us as per usual on this Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for your comments. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already done so. To Lawrence, Detash, and Patrick, thank you for joining myself um, on this Tuesday, and thanks to everybody that's sticking with us. I know it can be a bit. Um, of a gap in your life and Celtic's not playing. Obviously, I spoke last week about, you know, as maniacs that, you know, build a life around Celtic, holidays, trips, plans, whatever. Um, but it is a bit of a gap, but we'll be here covering everything. We'll be chatting around transfer rumours. We'll be continuing to cover European seasons. Um, I'm hoping to avoid that European season that Patrick touched on earlier, the Dinamo Zagreb. Um, I think Salzburg were in the, that group as well, weren't they? Salzburg. We get through that, that next week. We did get through that group, yeah. Um, and we played down at Milan in the, the last 32 of the Europa League. But anyway... If there is anyone still missing the Celtic gap, there is one more game to go this season because the women are in a cup final on Sunday. Um, so if anyone is missing their Celtic fix and would like to see Celtic play one more time this season, we've got one game left in the Women's League. Cup final against Glasgow City is at Tyne Castle on Sunday. Um, and there's tickets available Um for not very much money at all um, on Celtic women's five or something like that less for kids um, so yeah good day out at Tynecastle to watch the women hopefully lift their second trophy of the season if you can make it along there that might fill that gap for you for one weekend there we go. I even good got shoot. to meet Chloe Warrington when I was doing my shopping there you go getting as Pro- bad as me I know it's just just shooting big hands are still like that, getting it up at the savings, getting a coffee. No, 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 no. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Come on. You I don't know what you're talking about. I believe you don't not know. Not a clue what you're talking about. Not a, clue, not a clue what you're talking about. But yes, good shout from Natasha there. I feel like you have a lot to answer for. <laughs> not, at all. not at all. Good shout from Natasha. If you're missing the hoops, get yourself along to Tyne Castle for that women's game. Um, and to... To all the lines, the six that we've got, I mean, and I think, you know, we should all appreciate them. So, Jim Craig, John Clark, Bobby Lennox, um, Willie Wallace, obviously, out in the Syria, John Fallon and John Hughes. I hope they have a great day tomorrow. And I hope all the, the, the wider Lisbon Lions family, you know, all the wives that are still with us and their families have a lovely day too. So, happy anniversary to the Lisbon Lions.
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount time. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.